It was August of 1862, and Harrison Raines had decided that, for him, the war between the states was over. He had spent much of his federal service in the West, and was now heading straight for home as fast as the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad could take him. His spirits uplifted by the familiarity and beauty of the Appalachian Mountains they were now at long last passing through, after endless miles of flat, hot plains. He had grown up on a plantation on the James River down in the Tidewater region of Virginia, and had lived as a young man in Richmond and Washington City. But home was now a horse farm he had inherited from his mother on the Potomac River, near Shepherdstown in Virginia's mountainous western counties, and he was more than content to have it so. The railroad train he and his companions were riding was bound for Baltimore and Washington, but it stopped near Shepherdstown beforehand. They had just come through the hot springs town of Spa, where George Washington had frequently taken the waters, and would be at Shepherdstown within two hours, Confederate raiders permitting. Not yet thirty, Harry was a fellow of agreeable countenance. He wore his sandy hair long and sported a cavalier's mustache, though women tended to find him more amiable than dashing. Near of sight, he was too vain to wear his spectacles in their company. Skilled with horses, like his hero, General Washington, he was also an excellent shot, when he was wearing his eyeglasses and could see his target. Before the war, Harry had supported himself for a time as a horse trader and gambler. He would settle now just to be a simple farmer. He hoped never to raise a firearm against a fellow human being again. Shepherdstown had long been divided on the question of slavery, but most of the mountain counties were opposed to it and in favor of Abraham Lincoln and Union. This was one of the more compelling reasons he now considered the farm home. Harry despised slavery, though he was the son of a wealthy planter, who now commanded a rebel cavalry regiment in General James Longstreet's corps. He had broken with his father over the issue. His belief that Lincoln was unreservedly committed to abolition had prompted Harry to serve the Union cause. Not in uniform, but as an army scout in the employ of the famous detective Alan Pinkerton, now Lincoln's chief spymaster. In his year and four months of service, Harry had survived the battles of Bull Run and Ball's Bluff, undertaken an espionage mission to Richmond, and been involved in bloody engagements in New Mexico, Tennessee, and Mississippi. He'd been wounded, several times jailed, and barely escaped a hangman's noose. He'd killed people, among them, inadvertently, a woman. He had had enough. There were several thousand dollars in his saddlebags that he was obliged to return to Mr. Pinkerton. Along with that sum, he would submit his resignation. He was traveling home with two improbable companions, a half-breed Canadian Métis Indian who was wanted for murder in British Columbia, and a beautiful but maimed Louisiana-born actress, who was likely a Confederate spy but made a point of working for both sides. He had encountered the Métis in the New Mexico desert when the half-breed, who went by the name Jacques Tantou, 
had saved his life by killing three Apache renegades hot after taking it. A scout for the Union Army as well, Tantu had decided to decamp with Harry when word of the Canadian murder warrant with his name on it reached the Federal Command in Santa Fe. Long-haired, the Métis still dressed as though in the West, yellow leather jacket, homespun shirt, Mexican belts, cavalry troopers' trousers, soft brown leather boots, and wide-brimmed hat.